Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Hill. And we have sports to talk about. Oh, isn't it a beautiful thing, Corwin? The sports edition of the podcast once again contains new sports information to discuss. I've missed it so. Oh, we we sure have. Um, let's let's start off in the realm of football because I think there's the the least quantity of things to discuss there overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we can we can power on through it. So we mentioned it in the Thursday episode. But uh, Jamal Adams has been traded to Seattle after bitching, moaning, whining, and complaining for the past, like, oh, man, year on the Jets. Um, he is now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they traded him for a whole bunch of stuff. Again, we, we touched on it on the Thursday episode. Two first-round picks, um, a third-round pick, uh, a starting safety in exchange for Jamal Adams and a 2021 uh, fourth-round pick. Corwin the trade what do you think uh i feel like we've mentioned the trade details and mentioned the initial thoughts uh, previously so i won't i'll try not to repeat myself even though i don't remember what it was i even said wow the jets got themselves a fantastic trade uh, value here i mean two firsts a third and a starting caliber safety uh, for Jamal Adams and a fourth round pick is insane return. Um, you know, Jamal Adams, all pro player, very much in the argument for top safety in the NFL, easily, you know, top three on any given day, absolute dynamic playmaker, uh, wildly intelligent, and as a runner, is bar none once the safeties in the NFL right now. So, Seattle is definitely getting themselves a fantastic player. But at the end of the day, the price they paid for a guy who still plays strong safety position is, wow. Like, that is edge rusher QB trade territory, you know. That's absolutely wild. Um, So while I will definitely say that this is a no questions asked, Jets are taking this trade 10 times out of 10. Seattle could have themselves, you know, looking back and saying that was worth it. If it works out well, they can win another Super Bowl, whatever it may be. But it's definitely going to be an uphill climb for them in the long run. Oh, it's a it's a thing of beauty. It's a it's a shot for a team that's looking to just get uh, enough pieces around Russ, I guess, in the short term to to make a competitive defense to to make another competitive run at a superb owl. Um, but wow, I love this. And I love the fact that, uh, uh, oh, God damn it. What's his name? Braid, Bradley, Bradley Dougal. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. That he's, uh, he's currently recruiting, um, uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney to come to the jets, uh, because he just got traded there and they played together in Seattle last season. And, Clown is currently a free agent, a free agent the Jets tried to get uh, two, three years ago, whenever he was last a free agent, and he chose Seattle instead. And not saying that Jadavian Clown is like, you know, just a, a, a barn burner of a player. Um, he's always had that potential and never quite got there, but God damn it, to get a starting caliber safety and just a mediocre to good defensive end 
at the same time, oh man, like this has the potential of being huge for the Jets. I definitely think adding Jadevian Clowney would be huge for the Jets in replacing the run-stopping ability that Jamal Adams created. I mean, the Jets against the run the past couple of years have been unstoppable. I mean, that defensive line, Jamal Adams just being so smart with how he plugs the gaps and where they're going to run their plays, um, you know, phenomenal. Losing Jamal Adams is going to take away a lot from that, but at the same time, you get a guy like Jadavia Clowney in there who is, uh, I don't know if I would call him elite against the run, but very, very, very good against the run would be a nice way to kind of even that out. Um, I will Plus, say uh, a Greg step Williams, up from Quentin Williams, the second season from Quentin Williams would also really help oh, that interior defensive line. Absolutely. Um, but knowing Jadevian, or not, uh, excuse me, Greg Williams, uh, it might be a, you're Jadevian Clown, or you're a first overall pick, get out there and fucking pin your ears back, rush the passer. Might not be the most effective way to use him, utilize Jadevian Clowney's talents. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Greg Williams fan, but you cannot deny that he is able to get the job done effectively. So we'll see if, uh, you know, they do bring him in, if he's able to switch up his ideology and make it work. I have that confidence, but, you know, that would be a very interesting dynamic to say the least. Uh, I I so have such complicated feelings with Greg Williams because he's a terrible person. I think it's fair to say. I don't think anyone would disagree. Uh, he's a bad guy. On the other hand, he seems to be pretty good at his job. Yes. And damn it, that makes it tough. That eh, doesn't make that tough. I'll put it this way: if Greg Williams eventually does get fired by the Jets for oh, pick a reason, doesn't matter. Um, I'm not going to be that sad. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where he's not a coach for my team, so I don't have that kind of twisted interest uh, in him, you know, where I want him to succeed because it's now affects me personally. Um, so I can say keep Greg Williams away from my team at all costs. But, man, I it's tough to root for him in, in any capacity. You can accept that he's good at what he does, but I'm not rooting for him to do well. I think that's that's about where I stand on it, too. So, uh, yeah, that's all good. In other Jets news, C.J. Mosley opted out of the 2020 season. Um, that sucks. What do, you, <laughs> uh, where, what do you think about the Jets losing Mosley for the season? Man, if you don't get clowny and you lose... You, you lose Adams, you lose Mosley. Um, I don't see that defense being, how can I put this, good. Um, I definitely don't think this is going to be at the end of the opt-outs um, for the Jets. Definitely not going to be the end of it for the rest of the NFL. It's going to be pretty spectacular especially with the nfl trying to move up the opt-out date to i think like next week next tuesday i don't know how that's you know eventually going to work itself out we'll see how it goes but i think there's going to be a lot more players opting out the jets specifically are in a bad spot but 
man, this is definitely going to be a wild season without a significant number of big names. So I'm sure that will be a entire podcast uh, topic that we can talk about just because I feel like it's going to be a large number of guys opting out. I mean, there's already been seven Patriots, I think. So, yeah, it's, the numbers are only going to increase league-wide. Um, specifically speaking in the 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 small scope that is the, the Jets for losing C.J. Mosley, they sucked pretty hard without him for a while, and then the defense slowly started to pick it up. So my hope here is that now that they know he's going to be gone, instead of losing him in the first game of the season due to an injury, they can plan around that absence more appropriately. Um, but uh, it, it fucking we'll see, man. We're the Jets. Bad things are, are good and good things are bad. Right is wrong. Left is right. Fuck us. Um, so we'll fucking see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting that's happened in the world of football. Matt Stafford got diagnosed with COVID, but I don't think that's a very big deal at this point because um, we're so far out from the season that he should be back in time if all things go well with his recovery that it, it won't affect um, the lines to any significant degree. And outside of that, it's currently just an illness that we can chalk up to being um, an illness. It's it's not unless something again goes wildly wrong, um, which prayers up for Matt Stafford on that front. This shouldn't affect the football version of Matt Stafford too much at this point in time. Um, I would still be very nervous as a Lions fan just because, you know, I haven't seen anything specific about the level of severity that he's facing with, uh, you know, the illness. Um, you know, it could easily end up being Eduardo Rodriguez situation where there's serious complications that result from it. Or it could be, you know, one of the other countless asymptomatic um, positives that won't affect the lines in any big way. It's, uh, you know, it's just not having that information, not having that confidence and, or not even confidence, but just not having, it's that uncertainty. Right. That would keep me very nervous. And that's kind of the, and I don't want to get to a whole thing with the world of COVID because we hear it plenty in the world anyway. Um, but that's kind of the way that this illness seems to be. It's either going to be, hey, you're fine, all good, man, or um, buy a pine box. Um, so, look, it could go either the way of, like Corwin said, Eduardo Rodriguez for the um, the Boston Red Sox, where it ended up, I think it gave him or exacerbated a heart condition he already had. Or it could go in the way of DJ LeMahieu and um, Araldis Chapman, where they were out for two weeks, got two negative tests like immediately, and then rejoined the team with zero complications in the short term. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see. But from a football perspective right now, because again, I'm trying to, trying to keep it to that scope, um, shouldn't affect the lines too much currently. Uh, but yeah, so it doesn't, I don't think there's any other real NFL news out there, do you? Uh, not in the NFL, at least. Oh, uh, Antonio Brown got suspended eight games. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Um, since he's not on a team, and this is just becoming uh, Josh Gordon 2.0, wilder and wackier. At least Josh Gordon had, like, a reason. You know, like, he was still trying to play. He, yeah, had his issues with drug addiction, but 
it's drug addiction and that is a terribly hard thing to fight um antonio brown is just a crazy person um which again mental health is nothing to scoff at and is also a terribly hard fight but at least josh gordon tried to get better while antonio brown is doing everything in his power to make the situation worse so i feel a lot less sympathy for antonio brown as i did for josh gordon yeah, it's tough because you want to be sympathetic towards Antonio Brown because of mental illness. But it's also like, dude, you have like sexual assault allegations. So like, how forgiving are we going to be here? Um, so it's it's unfortunate. I'll put it that way to start, because um, I think that's the most neutral term I can find for it, because I don't want to say it's sad because that sounds sympathetic, which I don't want to be too much of because, you know, sexual assault. Um, and I don't want to be cold-blooded because, you know, mental illness. So it's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to put my, my pins and opinions just right there in the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy, get help. Anyway, shall we, uh, shall we mosey on over to, to the, um, you want to go to the MLB next or the NHL? Uh, let's do NHL so we could close up on MLB. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. So the NHL season has resumed, uh, resumed yesterday, I want to say. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. Uh, as of, yes, it was yesterday. The, we had a few games. We had Rangers Hurricanes in which the Hurricanes won three to two. Blackhawks Oilers in which the Oil, sorry, Blackhawks won six to four. Uh, Islanders Panthers, Islanders won two to one. Canadians and Penguins, uh, Canadians won three to two. <laughs> sorry, I had a bad cough there. That's okay. Flames Jets in which the Flames won four to one. As it stands right now, we have a few games going on. Today is uh, August 2nd for reference on the recording. Uh, as it stands right now, the Coyotes are beating the Predators three to one. Love to see it. And Flyers and Bruins are. Uh, knotted up at zero, eight minutes into the first. So that's uh, where it stands right now. Um, these are these are best of five serieses. So uh, whichever team wins three games first gets to advance, and uh, teams that get knocked out get to be are done with the season, but they get to be put in a pool of teams that get to vie for the first overall pick because miscellaneous placeholder team for first overall pick because who won the lottery draft this year. So um, I was talking to my girlfriend about it yesterday. And I was like, honestly, I don't really give a shit if the Rangers win or lose because either they win and it's like, hey, cool. We're like still in the playoffs or they lose. And it's like, hey, cool. Chance for the first overall pick. So uh, how are you digesting hockey right now? Uh, I will say just uh, a quick tidbit of information going back to the NFL. Adam Schefter just tweeted that it's looking highly likely that the opt-out deadline is going to be this Wednesday. It's so weird that they have a deadline. Yeah. Since the MLB does not, and that's been serving them well. Very well. Um, But yeah, back to hockey. It feels so insanely weird going directly into NHL playoffs after not seeing it in five months. Um, it's just, I don't know, like the Pens game last night. It's like, all right, you know, first game back, you know, defense kind of had some serious issues, you know, is what it is. We can get right back. Then it's like, oh, no, like we are already down 1-0 in a five-game series to the Canadiens of all teams. This is 
Ooh, this is rough. Um, silver lining is, you know, we could get the first overall pick and be set for the next 20 years, like what happens every time the Pens seem to have, you know... One single mediocre players. season. Yeah. Um, getting to that age of retirement. So, I don't know. I am still... I don't know how much I'm going to watch of the NHL playoffs just because I don't I don't feel that into it right now. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch Slapshot later and get in the mood to watch some hockey, but just getting baseball back in my life and not even having a ton of time to watch baseball anymore, it's like I'd so much rather watch that than a hockey game right now. You know? So you're... You're getting at one of one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is like, how, to what level do I want to consume sports right now? And the answer to that is exceedingly high. Um, and we'll get to the baseball side of it uh, probably a little bit later as we discuss <laughs> the Marlins. Um, but like, luckily, I don't. I'm treating this hockey season or postseason thing as just bonus hockey. Um, it's like I'm treating it like preseason hockey with consequences. Like, I don't really give a shit what happens. I'm glad the rain, my team's one of the teams that's playing. Um, and I'm just here to like watch Hank have a good time. <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't care what the outcome is, but I care to watch it only because. I've been so starved of this content for the past uh, five months. So, I'm yeah, I'm just here to enjoy it. I definitely get the sentiment of, man, I am so desperate for filling my time up with as much sports as possible that I just, I want to see it all. But at the same time, you know, I'm at that point where I don't have all day, every night to kind of sit around, watch a baseball game, watch a hockey game, whatever's good. It's kind of, I got to be very specific with what I choose to be able to watch. You know, the time just isn't there anymore to watch it all. I need to pick and choose. And lately, you know, lately it's been one day, but it's been, man, I could watch the Pens or I could watch a baseball game. And it's like, yeah, like the Pirates aren't going anywhere this year, but like, okay, there's this game with, Two aces going. That'll be a really fun game to watch. We'll see how it ends up folding out. You know, it's it's unfolding. I mean, folding out. Jesus, I I know. I, 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 I got you. It. I got you. Uh, real real quick, because I just thought about this now. Um, it is August, mm-hmm. so it, it well. Let's assume that the Stanley Cup final is. The end of the month. Mm-hmm. Are they still planning on starting the the next season normal schedule? Because that gives them only a single month off, and not even that really. Because you're usually it really just gives them September off. But usually September is when you start preseason games, and then the regular season usually starts like late first week, early second week of October. Um, and that's just and like hockey's like a long season already. And I understand everyone had quote unquote off the past like four and a half five months because. Of quarantine, um, but are are they planning on just turning right back around like that? Do you know? Have you heard anything? I haven't. I have honestly not heard of anything yet. 
Um, so there, so we're we're both admitting that there's a reality here that we're gonna only we're, we're gonna not have had hockey for like okay. four months. Gonna have hockey for August, not have it for September, and then have it back again in, in October. So just off of what I've seen in thirty seconds worth of googling, it seems that they are delaying the start until December first, twenty twenty. Ah, okay. That would make sense. Um, okay. So right now, our current season, uh, the 2019-2020 NHL season, is going to go through October to some kind, uh, to some point. Um, I, I don't know the specific dates, the schedule, um, but... It's something we're gonna find out. I feel like we could have done some research, but at the same time, whatever. Yeah, um, that's about how I stand up. I I also fully expect it to change by the time we get to that point. So I would too. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm so out of the loop on the scheduling aspect of the NHL that I found out the season was restarting when I got an NHL app push notification saying hey the rangers and the islanders are pay- playing a an exhibition game and i was like oh neat and then didn't watch it <laughs> and then like two days later it was like all right the uh rangers and the <laughs> and the 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 uh, uh hurricanes are gonna play a playoff game and i was like oh cool and then i watched that and i watched us lose but like yeah it was I, i'm very out of the loop <laughs> yeah it's crazy how just this kind of, just like we talked about at the start of the baseball season, this kind of just sprung up on us yeah, out of nowhere, even though we knew exactly when it was coming, um, at, you know, for a couple of weeks and now. And it's just like, I just am not ready for this. Like, I am not mentally prepared to do, get into this the way I usually am after having a couple months, weeks of run-up time. Yeah, I think the run-up time is what we're really missing because it's usually a lot of, like, very strategic advertisement and, you know, everyone's... Get you get you don't just get ads from the NHL. You get ads from um, like all the the fantasy hockey stuff or fantasy baseball, fantasy football. Like pick your pick your fucking poison. Um, yeah. you you get all the ads from all the betting sites and all that shit. And it's like none of it was around. And then like literally got a push notification like, hey, we're playing a game tonight, fucko. Like you want to come watch or not? And it was like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, it really just kind of came out of nowhere this year. At least it feels like it came out of nowhere this year, which, to your point, makes it a little bit more challenging to be like amped. But still, yeah, yeah, it's definitely crazy how not having a fantasy football or not fantasy football, but like fantasy baseball, fantasy hockey draft has seriously affected how much I've paid attention. Oh, uh, your standard engagement is based on those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Um, so anything else on the NHL or shall we pivot on over to talk Still about baseball? Tests. Yeah, it's almost like doing uh little little bubbles is a good thing. Hmm. Hmm. Who would have thought? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about, about that. That would have worked. Hmm. So let's talk about that. Uh, the Miami Marlins are single-handedly trying to fuck every baseball team in the ass. Um, they are they are having a ball, um, trying their darndest to ruin this baseball season um, with a small smattering of help from the St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, 
the Miami Marlins have not played a game in like a week uh, because at the time, nine players and four staff tested positive all at once. And they were uh, they had to stop. It was against. It was right after a series against the Phillies. Um, the Yankees were supposed to come in after the after the Marlins had left Philadelphia. Instead, the Yankees did not go because the locker room they were about to enter was occupied by the Marlins, who had a lot of positive tests. And then the team they were supposed to play was the Phillies, who just played the Marlins, who had a lot of positive tests. So the Phillies haven't played a game in like a week. The Marlins haven't played a game in a week. Since then, they've had um, a bunch more positive tests. Uh, I forget what the running total is up to now, but I think it's like 17 players and it's like five staff or some shit like that. Like It's a lot of people. Um, and all this because, and Corn, I don't know if you saw this, all this because the Marlins went to a club. Ah, uh, that's just the fucking zinger. That really just gets me so fucking heated about this. You know, just the fact that these guys just don't give a shit about their own safety, the safety of those in the organization, the safety of players in other organizations. And they just, they're so selfish that they're willing to go clubbing uh, during a pandemic when they're clearly not taking any other precautions seriously to prevent anything. Uh, from transmitting, and it's fucking ridiculous. Listen, I don't know what the true story is. Only they do. Maybe the MLB does, and they're being pieces of shit and keeping it from the public to save face, because, you know, I don't believe that, because MLB would never do anything to try and save face. Um, But that's just so fucking infuriating, just how, you know, the Marlins specifically, but even then, so many other teams clearly just aren't giving a shit uh, about the safety precautions needed. And it's brutal as a fan. In part, all right, uh, there's so much to take in with this. So, oh my God. So the players, fuck you. Like, fuck you, you goddamn idiots. Fuck you. And fuck you in part because you should be taking the pandemic seriously um, as, a, as a human being, you know? And then also fuck you because if you don't, if you don't care about your own health and safety, all right, cool, fuck you. But you also have to understand that you not being able, you testing positive, you getting sick has implications for the rest of the league that you're a part of. You have to understand that there is a bigger picture that you are only a very marginal piece of. It doesn't matter if you're the star player for the Marlins, which who the fuck are you even, Sandy Alcantara, or if you're some quad A at best scrub that they're using to fill out that shit roster which like let's be fair is most of the people on that fucking roster doesn't matter you are going to fuck the entirety of the MLB if you don't act like a rational goddamn human and don't go to a fucking club or whatever it is that they did because at this point with all the positive tests they had they did something stupid Mm -hmm. You know, because if they were being safe and still had that many positive tests, 
every other team in baseball would have that many positive tests right now. Like, um, I have a the Pirates Cubs game on right now. I've watched dozen other games so far this season. I have yet to see an entire dugout wear a mask. You'll have a a coach here or there. You'll have a player once in the blue moon. But goddamn, for the most part, nobody's wearing any mask of any kind. And I've yet to see an N95 mask on anyone in any aspect of baseball. And I just do, like, I get it. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, baseball players, professional athletes, inherently are just, they're not the brightest, you know? It's not anything against them, but it's a inconvenient truth that star athletes don't exactly give the most attention to academics, whether it be elementary school, high school, college. It's just, it's the truth. That's the way it is. You know, there's definitely exceptions and incredibly smart guys who are playing, you know, professional sports, playing baseball. Most of them aren't. And it seems to be that the health-focused turned political statement of wearing a mask is not spared by professional baseball and it's just it's ridiculous that players aren't wearing in the field it's even more ridiculous that they're not wearing them in the dugout and just the casualness in which all of these players are interacting with each other and in close contact with everyone and just it no one gives a shit that's and it'd be a, it'd be a much different story if no one was was wearing the masks if they did what like the NBA and NHL did and have hub cities or or a or a strict single singular bubble in the NBA's case like there's no reason especially with the way they did the schedule where like you just face the same uh, seven other teams or uh, six other teams no wait it's five teams nine there we go nine other teams um the entirety of the baseball season like you could have just had all nine teams all or all 10 teams go to three towns and just battle it out in those three towns like there was no need for this um and then you like the nba says like players don't have to wear masks on the court just have to wear them everywhere else just in case but like because we're operating under the assumption and doing the rigorous testing to show that everyone's healthy we can remove that one inconvenience from you. But the NBA and MLB didn't do that. And now we're seeing half the players wear masks and half of them don't. And it's not half. I'm being very generous. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, and so just, just to loop back to the Marlins, because this is so fucking disappointing. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. And I just declared, fuck the players. This is still Manfred's fault. Yes. You have to be accountable. And uh, you're the commissioner of the damn league. Like, whatever anybody does reflects back onto you because, again, you're the commissioner. This is a bad... The fact that the Marlins got to take a team vote on whether or not they were going to play the Phillies in the final game that they ended up playing so far this season is a complete 
complete dereliction of duty from the commissioner of baseball. You're supposed to have precautions in place, rules and regulations in place to say, hey, fuck faces. If you guys have too many positive tests, you're not playing baseball that day. And they didn't. They took a team vote. They let a bunch of like 19 to 24 year olds decide whether or not they were going to play baseball that day. Are you surprised they picked yes? Like, yeah, like even on that, like you allowed a bunch of, again, dumb guys who are not exactly in an unbiased position as the people playing in the game to determine the safety measures of, you know, playing, not playing for not only themselves, but another team. It's ridiculous. You shouldn't have allowed these people to be both, you know, the defendants and the judge of whatever you want to call this. Uh, and uh, also, the, the like putting poor standards in place and then being surprised when people go up. Like, like Rob Manfred took the abstinence approach to, to this season. Which is like, you know, we've all gotten the abstinence speech at some point in school. Hey, kids, don't fuck. You won't get STDs. You won't get kids. Is that a realistic expectation of literally anybody? Absolutely not. Nope. Absolutely not. It's true. Hey, Has it ever worked. No, absolutely fucking not. Just because you, everyone knows if you don't have sex, you won't get an STD and you won't get pregnant. But that doesn't mean that's the reality of the situation. Man, and that's basically what Manfred did here. He said, hey, guys, just don't do any of the things you're not supposed to do. I'm not going to do anything else, but I'm just going to let you know uh, you shouldn't do that. And uh, I'm going to leave. And then did. And then is shocked. And blaming the players. Like, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid that you would do this. It's the approach of, all right, I am going to limit my own personal liability as much as I can. And when shit goes bad, I'll have an excuse. It'll be their fault because I told them, hey, if you play, you might get sick. And that's it. I'm covered. My ass is covered. I'm still getting paid. Who fucking cares? That's the exact you should approach. Be about that. Yeah, that's exactly what. And you see, it's, you can tell that's what he's doing now because he's like, he, he there was a leaked thing that clearly got leaked by someone from Manfred's office that he was like telling the players union to like, take this more seriously or he's going to cancel the season. And it's like, fuck you. Like you have the, you have the ability to mandate whatever rules and restrictions you want. And you're willingly not doing it. Letting these guys go fail. Like this is your own fault. Your signature is on the safety plan. Yeah. If if this doesn't go down the correct way, yeah, you can blame the players because they're the ones doing stupid shit, but you should have assumed that players are going to do as stupid of shit as they are reasonably allowed to do. I know we talk about this seemingly every time we talk about any commissioner, but I am so jealous of the NBA for being able to say that Adam Silver is running the show there. I know. Like it was a big deal in the NBA when players were like going to pick up their own DoorDash orders by themselves. Yeah. That's the difference in magnitude of conversation we're having here. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, everyone was talking about like, oh, breaking the bubble, breaking the bubble, breaking the bubble. You break it. Oh, everything's going to get let in and it ruins it for everyone. Like, yes, that is correct. That's why this is a big deal. With yeah. Earth, it's just like, okay, it's going to get in. We're traveling across the country with large numbers of people every single day. Including hotspots. Yeah. You know, like we're going to get outbreaks. 
then you just got to say, hey, we're having one. We'll take precautions from there. We'll figure it out as we go. And even when it does happen, it's like, man, all right, we'll play this game and see what happens. Like, think about how bad this plan is that Toronto is allowing, actually Canada in general is allowing two, I think, of their hub cities, two of the NHL's hub cities to be in Canada, Edmonton and Toronto, because of how the NHL's plan was structured and refused to let just the Blue Jays come into play in Toronto, even though they'd be facing only a select number of teams from the MLB because they could plainly see how bad the MLB's plan was and knew that all the travel was a risk. It's just... Like, if you got turned down from a government, you should have known. Sorry, go ahead. It's just, it's so difficult to just sit back and having this pandemic just highlight how incredibly dumb and short-sighted the people we have placed in charge of so many aspects of our life, you know, are. Like, I don't want to, I know we don't want to get into the politics of this. We want to avoid that the best we can. And it's not even about that, you know the people in charge of making important decisions just clearly are not responsible or qualified enough to, and will not listen to those people who are because they think that responsibility and power falls on them themselves even if they don't know what they're doing they can't accept that i i i agree they there's no concept of reality behind all these plans because these people don't live in reality they live in their bubble and they feel very comfortable there. And refu- like, I would have, I would love uh, yeah. if Rob Manfred was forced to travel with pick a team. Don't care. Yeah. I would love it. If, Cause then he'd, and then he'd have to put his fucking health where his goddamn mouth is and re and he would so immediately change his tune. And the, honestly, you know, the thing that's still bothering me about this right now, it's not too late to switch to hub cities. It's not, it really isn't. Mm-mm. Like put one in New York. Two of your two of the teams that are playing in the same giant division are already fucking there. Put one in Los Angeles for the exact same reason. Um, I I, I mean like there, there's uh, there's so much that he could be doing, and instead he's just going. Well, the players should really stop being so stupid. Yeah, well, like we should stop. People with guns should stop killing other people. Like, what are we doing? Like, do you have a plan, or do you just want to be a dick? Like, I. Pick a lane, man. So either you're in charge and can do something, or you're just a whiny little bitch who's going to sit there in his fucking chair in his house and complain, like me. <laughs> so I've heard, you know, people say like, "Oh, there's too many teams. Subsidies would never work." Let's say we just have two. There easily could be more, but let's just say we just are going to have two. New York, LA. Each of those cities has at least two stadiums that could host MLB games. If you really wanted, we don't have fans in attendance anyway. There's nothing wrong with using a smaller stadium as long as the field is large enough to fit an MLB field. But let's just stick with the two. There's 15 teams in each conference or division. I've already forgotten, and I don't care. League. League. (laughs) (laughs) Enter <laughs> C, none of the above. Um, you can make that work. 
yeah, you're going to have to mess with the times of games. Sure, you're going to have to have earlier games. You're going to have to have later games. Oh, no, you know, the only issue there is not maximizing the amount of money you bring in from TV revenue. Are you really going to say and make that an argument for putting that in front of the safety of every single player in your, you know, in your baseball league? Are you like, that's an argument you're going to make? It can be done. It easily could be done. There is enough space for you to do that. Yeah, okay, it might take a little longer. It might be better to include some more rest days, you know, some off-day testing, whatever it may be. I don't care. You can make it work. This is something you could have been planning for months, like every other league. And again, it's not too late to do it now. Like, the Marlins' options right now are either to stack themselves with double headers, which are also now seven innings, which... Oh my god, we could do a whole thing on that too. That's fucking stupid. Um, are the other options are either double headers or to just end up playing seven to ten fewer games than the rest of baseball, which because they're a non-competitive team isn't a huge deal. But like, if it was the Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees, like, or even one of the 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 fringe teams like the Blue Jays or the Rays, like. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And if it does happen to one of those fringe teams, honestly, kind of like the Phillies, the Phillies could have been could have made been, made the playoffs this year, especially with the the expanded um, playoff team. Like, what are the, what are the Phillies going to do? The Phillies are either going to have to go into the playoffs with seven to ten fewer games played, which in a sixty game season is a lot, or they're going to have to stack double headers into the rest of their their season, which are also fewer innings, which is also going to feel kind of gross. And is still putting more strain on the players for having to play that much longer each day. It's still not going to be the same. I don't get, I don't, oh my God. They had so much time to figure this out and they fucked it up so bad. And we're going to have the same talk about football when it comes back. Oh God. The fact that we still haven't heard damn near anything does not have me hopeful about how football is going. I am still convinced that we will not have an NFL season. I think it's just going to be, it's going to turn into a fucking nightmare. Sure, we'll probably have something because there's too much money not to, but I do not trust the NFL in any capacity to get it done. No, no. However old and white the MLB is, the NFL is just as old and just as white in their leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. It's disappointing on both fronts, but it doesn't lead itself to be very positive. 150%. I'm willing to bet that if we polled the 62 owners that make up the MLB and the NFL and asked them, do you think COVID is a hoax? We'd get very uh, upsetting results. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do not want to know Jerry Jones's answer to that question. I do want to know. It's just one of those things where you know it's going to be yeah, well, I mean, he comes he comes from the same state as Louis Gomert, who, who claims that, or Louis Go Louis Gobert, who who claims that uh, wearing a mask gave him COVID. So I don't have very high hopes. Oh, it's a sad world. <laughs> oh, um, you want to close it out with some fun stuff with some stats? Ah, I'd love that. 
All right. So, so far, in terms of the standings, uh, the best team in all of baseball is your New York Yankees. Six and one. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? Um, It is. The worst. Oh, I'm so sorry. The worst team is the Pittsburgh Pirates at two and six. Uh, I did not mean for that to be the case. Um, It's okay, Josh. I've accepted it. A surprising team down here at the bottom of the rankings, though. Red. The Texas Rangers. Yeah. yeah Two and five. I, I was not one of the believers of the Texas Rangers this season, so I'm not terribly surprised. Although two and five is a very bad record. But you oh. know what? As much as I say that, we're nine games into the season. Or seven I, uh, games into the season, excuse me. That's, yeah, that's that's the other thing to, to keep in mind. It's like it's so um it's 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 so early. Again, it's like we're taking it more seriously because there's only so many games, but it's so early. Um, all right, Corwin. There are two players tied for most war right now um, at one. Who do you think those players are? I know it's not Shane Bieber. No, he is third, though. He has point nine. Yes. Uh, one war. These I'm are not gonna... players I would have thought of. Man, I'm going to say Colin Moran is one of them. Uh, no, not in the top ten. Okay. Are they pitchers or are they hitters? They are both batsmen. Hmm. Man, who... You get one more guess. One more guess. Um, fuck me. Who is, who is doing really good right now? Who is off to a horrifically hot start? Um, uh, I'll say Mookie, even though I know he hasn't exactly lit up the baseball. Um, he is number nine at, with zero point seven WAR, so he's certainly he's certainly there. Uh, number number one is Mike Yastrzemski. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. uh, I'm gonna read you his line. Uh, so right now Mike has nine games played, which leads all of MLB. <laughs> um, he has uh. He has scored 10 runs, which leads all of MLB. 12 hits, three doubles, one triple, which leads uh, the National League. Two home runs, four RBI, one stolen base, no caught stealing, 11 walks already, which leads all of baseball. Eight strikeouts. His line, his triple slash line is 400, 561, 767. Good for a 1326 OPS and a 276 OPS plus. Um, his on-base percentage and his OPS plus are both the best in all of baseball right now. He also has one intentional walk already, matching his 2019 season total. <laughs> um, and he's worth one war, which last season... He's worth one war in nine games, and last season he was worth 3.8 war in 107 games. Yikes. That's a Goddamn. wild improvement. I like Having another Yastrzemski in baseball is a good thing. I want him to be good. So, oh, sure. Uh, yeah, so at this pace, if he played all 107 games that he played in last year, he's currently on pace for 11.89 war. Very achievable. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a casual season. Very, very blasé. Um, the other man tied with one war is Seattle Mariner J.P. Crawford. What? 
so J.P. Crawford, uh, nine games, leads all of baseball. Uh, Ten runs, leads all of baseball. Twelve hits, one double, two triples, which leads all of baseball. Uh, no home runs, four RBIs, two stolen bases, one caught stealing, four walks, sorry, seven walks, four strikeouts. His slash line is 364, 475, 515, good for an OPS of 990 and an OPS plus of 184. I I don't even know if I know this person. Who is this man? Uh, he is a shortstop and third baseman. Ah, I see. So he uh, his OWAR is zero point six. His DWAR is zero point five. So clearly he's lighting up the uh, the diamond on, in his in his defense. So he um that's where he's getting the totals. Not that his offense is bad here. His offense is clearly good. Um, but just in contrast to how great Mike Dostremski's was, um. Who Mikey Stremski has zero point one D war to one full O bar. Uh yeah. Wow. Ain't that some shit? Uh I just looked up Matt Chapman's war because I know you know my love affair with him and I assume his D war would be fairly good. He has zero point zero war right now while batting one eighty eight. So So he's he so he's he's heating up. Yeah, he's getting there. So I would just like to, I would just like to continue the the, the JP Crawford talk for a moment because this is just hilarious. Um, so in 2020, nine games, he was one WAR. In 2019, he played in 93 games. Would you like to guess his WAR total? Uh, uh, two point three. One point one. So he is already he's already zero point one WAR away <laughs> in one tenth of the games from beating or matching his 2019 total. Um, he was with the Phillies previously, and in 49 games in 2018, he got a war total of 0. 0.2. Um, and in 2017, in 23 games, he had a war total of 0. 0.8. So this nine-game season is the third highest war total of his entire career. He should retire now. Sorry, second highest. Season, end on a high note. You'll get yourself a giant contract. I'm loving this. And what's funny is his 2020 simulated stats um, have him uh, in 111 games, um, which obviously isn't going to happen, uh, getting 0.8 war. So he's like already through the roof doing well. Uh, the 2020 like simulated stats on baseball reference have fucked me up multiple times already, thinking they were actual stats. Oh and yeah. What, what? Where is this? Oh, got it. Simulator. Luckily, they they've now moved them below the actual stats, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. Thank um, God. real quick update on Lance Lynn. Watch, he has zero point eight WAR. Again, a goofy high number. It's the second most for a pitcher. I still don't know why. Uh, second most behind the best pitcher in all of baseball. He Corbin is right until we get proved otherwise. Uh, Shane Bieber. <laughs> Best pitcher in baseball. Lance Lynn, somehow second. <laughs> yeah, uh, I watched highlights from his game the other day, and it was just... I I need to learn to accept Lance Lynn as a good player. It's hard. Uh, it's just like the bias of coming into baseball when Lance Lynn was not a good pitcher. And, you know, old fat pitchers suddenly becoming really, really, really good is just... 
not something I was mentally prepared for. All right, I need I need to bring this up to you because it's very confusing to me. Uh, Colin Moran, you are aware of who he is. I am. Uh, where do you think he ranks on the OWAR in the OWAR top ten? Uh, four. He's not on it. <laughs> what? Where do you think he ranks in all of baseball in slugging? Uh, very high. It's like 12. First. First. Yeah. He's first. He is not in the top 10 in OR. His OR is 0.5, which is good. But so that, oh, he's just off the top 10 then. Um, that's hilarious. So hold he's on. He's adding like 316 with a 1260 OPS. What the fuck? So his current his current slash line is three twenty one three sixty seven eight ninety three <laughs> good for a twelve sixty OPS a two thirty nine OPS plus and he leads all of baseball in total bases at twenty five. Um, he's had five home runs already. Jesus, yeah. uh, a single single double though, and only two walks. So I guess he's missing out on the OR probably because of the on base percentage not being much higher than his batting average. Um, oh, but no. you said it too many home runs. You can't I know, right? walks like, in. That's, <laughs> the, that's the thing, though. It's like, all right, yeah, he's like not getting on base all that much. But when he's getting on base, he's rounding all of them. <laughs> like, it, it's uh, it feels like he should be higher. But <laughs> all, all mean, right, we'll, we'll give it time, I guess. Uh, we'll be honest, though. Uh, his batting average after t- today is down to two ninety. So, ish happens. Yeah. That is what the kids say. Not good. Um, Only got on with an error so far. Ah, that's okay. Uh, So as it stands right now, the the weekly check-in on the batting leaders, uh, as we said, Mike Dostromsky currently leads all players in wins above replacement, which means he also therefore leads all position players um, and OR. Mookie Betts currently leading the DWAR category with 0.5. Um, some guy with the last name Solano, Donovan Solano, currently has the highest batting average in baseball with 448. I have no idea who this is. Uh, Miguel Rojas. He was at 700 when he got sick and pulled. I, I think they probably weight this based on games a little bit. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be a qualifier in here. I don't know what it would be right now, but I'm sure there's a qualifier. Um, 3.1 plate appearances per game, but that doesn't mean anything right now. Um, he's currently followed by Kyle Lewis of Seattle with 444, and then a tie between Jacoby Jones of Detroit and Kevin Pillar of Boston at 423. And then Hanser, Alberto, uh, Brian Godwin, and Mike Yastrzemski all there with 400. And those are all seven of the players that are currently batting over 400 with um, uh, Kyle Flet- David Fletcher, sorry, David, of Los Angeles, uh, Michael Brantley and Robinson Cano of Houston and uh, New York Mets with 394 and then 393 for the last two. For over 400 watch, still very much so in effect, nine games in. Uh, I will say David Fletcher, one of the most underrated players in baseball. Love that man. Unless you're uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Kyle Lewis. <laughs> Rookie of the year pick for me had six straight games of multi-hit games. Uh, the last time I checked, I don't know if the streak is still going. Uh, but that's pretty fucking good for a rookie, man. Not too shabby. Yeah, these are these are re- very fun numbers. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Uh, f- M- Mike Yastrzemski's on-base percentage is currently sitting at 561. That's the highest in baseball. We also have two other players at 500. Um, again, Kyle Lewis. 
which man, I need to learn who Kyle Lewis is. Um, and then Trevor Story, both those guys have a 500 on base percentage, so 500 OP, um, OBP also uh, looking good nine games into the season. Um, and then we have slugging, as we said, is currently Colin Moran. OPS is currently led by Jacoby Jones of Detroit with a 1349. Um, that's really high. Mm-hmm. Um, any other stats that look relatively interesting? Not sure I care about the rest of these. Adjusted OPS Plus being led by Mike Kostremski with a 276. Uh, I think that's all I care about. Anything you want to hear? Or shall we move over to pitching? Uh, I'm done for some pitching. All right. So, war for pitchers currently being led by Shane Byeber, um, followed by Lance Lynn, Kyle Chat, Tyler Chatwood, fuck, Sonny, Sonny Gray, um, Ryan Yarbrough, Herman Marquez, Drew, Drew Pomerantz. Good for you, Drew. Um, damn. All right. Griffin Canning, Max Scherzer, and Dylan Bundy to round out the top 10. Um, yep. Those last four guys all have 0.5 war. Everyone else has going from 0.9 for Shane Bieber all the way down to 0.6 to Yar- Ryan Yarbrough. Um, how does it make you feel knowing that Sonny Gray is a Cy Young contender for any team he plays for other than the Yankees? Uh, you know, obviously it sucks. <laughs> um, it, this, is, this is why personality fit matters, you know? Um, yeah. And it's not even I don't I've listened to several Sonny Gray interviews. He was a, a teammate favorite of other people on the Yankees, and he sounds like a great dude. And for whatever reason, the communication between our pitching coach at the time he was here, Larry Rothschild, and him just wasn't good. Um, and that's not to say what either of them were doing is wrong, because Larry Rothschild got very good seasons out of a lot of other pitchers, and uh, clearly Sonny Gray is still a good pitcher. He was good in. Oakland, he's been very good in um, Cincinnati, so it's just it just didn't work out, and I wish all the best of him because he seems like a phenomenal dude. But these things happen, I guess. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we could spend the rest of the episode just talking about Shane Bieber, and then all of the next episode talking about Shane Bieber, the rest of our lives talking about Shane Bieber, uh, I'm fine with that. Well, like, he's yeah. certainly going to be coming up a lot as we run through the uh, the the pitching stat leaders. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, that brings us to earned run average. There are currently three players tied for the lead there with a clean zero. Two of them are on the Indians. Shane Bieber Hey-o. and Jack Leestack. Um Also there, <laughs> Lance fucking Lynn. Um, behind them, the only other players that have a below one ERA are Tyler Chatwood and Sonny Gray, each of them having a 0.71 ERA. There's about a bajillion pitchers tied in wins with two uh, amongst them, Shane Bieber. Um, there's about a bajillion players tied with a win-loss percent of one being 1,000, um, Shane Bieber among them. Walks and hits per inning pitched. Whip, who do you think leads this category? Hmm. Shane Bieber. He does not. He is number four on the list. Would have been a safe bet. Um, who would lead in whip? Um, man, I'll, uh, I'll go Tyler Chatwood. No, not in the top ten. Okay, then I don't know. Number three, so just above Shane Bieber, Sonny Gray. Okay. Number two, 
Jacob deGrom. Makes sense. Number one, by a lot, Zach Plesak. Ah, damn. I should have known that when I watched that game, too. Should have, big dumb idiot. Um, uh, hits per nine inning pitch being led by Lance fucking Lynn. Um, with Gray, DeGrom, and Plesak all behind him in that order, these four dudes are rolling through the top of the stats together. Um, walks, base on balls per nine innings pitch. There are two players that have zero of them so far. Corwin, do you know who these players are? Two guys with no walks? I do not. One of them is still Zach Plesak. <laughs> Clearly, we should be talking more about the savior, Zach Plesak. Um, um, I, th- I think we'll let him get like two games under his belt before we uh, continue. I, I'm ready to jerk him down now. Um, Sean Manaya is the other one. That's interesting because that is definitely not a guy I would ever have chosen for that. Me neither. Uh, but Shane Bieber is right behind them both at, uh, oh, sorry, uh, in, in third with a 0.643 walks per nine. Sean Manaya, negative 0.4 war so far this season. Um, as his ERA is seven. Wow. So he hasn't allowed uh, any walks. Oh, this is... I Wow. All right, so he hasn't allowed any walks. He's allowed one home run, seven earned runs, seven strikeouts. Um, he's allowed up 11 hits, nine runs. My God. He's a FIP of 2.96, so he's getting super unlucky, it sounds like. His whip's 1.22. That's not good. Um, he's allowing uh, 11 hits per nine, one home run per nine. Oh, okay. Well, it's this is a case of just hey, it's early. Yeah, he pitched one game too, so he has pitched two games. Oh, I'm so stupid. They've lost both of them. Mm, that's not great. <laughs> that's unfortunate. No, Strikeouts I'm per good. nine currently being led by uh, by Shane Bieber, seventeen point three five seven. That's just disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I don't. Uh, yeah. Um, Saves is currently being led by Joe Jimenez. Probably Joe Jimenez, but I find it funny that they're two different sounds. Uh, four saves for the Detroit closer. Um, everyone else you like has less than that. Innings pitched also being led by Shane Bieber. 14 innings pitched already. Strikeouts being led by Shane Bieber. 27 of them. Um, <laughs> there's been three complete games so far this year. Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole kind of cheated for that. Kyle Hendricks, I think, has the only legitimate one, but that's okay. Um, and he followed that one up with a beauty of a game. He is a beautiful man. Wasn't a beauty of a game. Yeah, I know. It's okay. <laughs> such, su- such is life. Um, current leader in FIP, Shane Bieber. It's a negative number. Wasn't real. Didn't realize it was allowed to be a negative number. It is a negative number. Um, negative 0.35, which is just, fuck me, you know? Um, adjusted ERA plus is currently being led by Sunny Gray with a 635 ERA plus. Fuck you. Wild. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Anything else pitching-wise you'd want to hear? Um, yeah, do you have a out-walk ratio? Out-walk ratio? Stop I didn't realize... Ratio. I didn't realize that was the, such a stat existed. Yeah, on a baseball reference, it is um, SO slash W, far right. 
Oh, strikeout to walk? Yes. Yeah, that's also being led by Shane Bieber. Damn straight. Just wanted to hear that again. 27. Followed by Andrew yeah. Heaney, you Darvish, Duffy. Who are you, Duffy? Danny, Danny Duffy, Chris Paddock, Kevin Gaussman, Luis Castillo, Carlos Carrasco. Hey, look good for you, Carlos. Love you, Cookie. Um, Dylan Bundy and Brandon Woodruff. And uh, is it is it by a lot that Shane Bieber uh, leads by? No, it's a very slim 13 strikeout per walk margin. Sorry, 15. My bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to hear all the great Shane Bieber stats. Uh, well, good thing for you. There's a whole lot. I want to look at his actual page to see how much of it's in black and italicized. It's a lot of it. <laughs> so right now, as it stands, Shane Bieber leads all of baseball in the following things. Or is tied for the lead in all of baseball, since some of these are just based on accumulation. Wins. Win-loss percent. ERA. Game started. Innings pitched. Strikeouts. Uh, batter's face, he leads the American League, but not the National League. Uh, FIP, home runs per nine, strikeouts per nine, strikeout per walk, strikeout to walk ratio. That's a lot of things. Yeah, let's just give him a Cy Young now so he doesn't get hurt playing any more games. We know it's going to happen, so. At this point, he might as well, yeah. It's, uh, I, think, I, think it's an, I think it's assumed at this point. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Uh, Any other topics you want to discuss with baseball, or am I uh, premature with that question? No, you're not. There is one final thought I have that I meant to bring up when we are talking about the Marlins. It goes back to our consumption of sports conversation we're having with the NHL. Right. Um, I, because of the Marlins, I'm so convinced this season's not going to finish that I am now as eager as I was to watch every baseball game I could previously. I'm now tenfold more attentive to that. Because I'm just so not convinced we're going to finish. Absolutely. Like, during a normal season, you know, like, I've been so busy lately. It's like, all right, there's 162 games. If I miss a, a handful here and there, if I miss a series, it's fine. There's plenty of baseball left to watch. Now it's like, oh, shit, like, if I miss a game, like, that might be the last game I see for the season. Yeah, seriously. It could literally end any day now. Like, I was hanging out with my sister yesterday, and, you know, on a normal Saturday night, I would not watch the baseball game and hang out with my family, because I don't see them as much as I, I used to, which, <laughs> not always a bad thing. <laughs> um, but I, I had the game up on my phone and was, like, going back and forth between the two of them, because it's like, fuck, man, if this is the last one, I don't want to miss it, like... Uh-huh. The stakes are here are really high as a fan, as a player, of course, but me too. Like I want to see the baseball. Me too. Movement takes a very different turn than intended. Yeah, don't don't hashtag this with me too. It's going to be a very different part of Twitter than you're expecting. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've become like for me, the stakes went from 162 games. I'm going to miss 40 to 50 just as a result of having a, a social life or the games being scheduled in just a, a time. I just can't fathom to watch it, um, which led me to being if it's only 60 games, if I watch every game, I'm still watching half the games I would usually watch. So I should really try to watch all of them to being 
we're not going to make it to 20. <laughs> like, I got to watch every one of them, like, twice. Oh, it's, it's sad. It's so sad. Just because we don't have to be in the situation we're in now. This was, and I mean this very genuinely, easily avoidable. Oh, <laughs> God. The, the solution felt obvious to everyone whose name isn't Rob Manfred. He is one of the most frustrating people on the planet. I, Rob, I know you listen to this. I hate you. Fuck yourself. Hey, Rob, fuck yourself. Uh, all right, now I have nothing left to say. <laughs> uh, I'm with you there. All right. Um, remember to watch the movies for this Thursday's podcast. Corwin's pick was uh, Lahane. Yes, Lahane. Uh, my pick was Big Fan. Uh, make sure you watch both of those before Thursday's episode, or don't. I do not care. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pop. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Juicing the Numbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a go. Bye.